The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. Um, first off, this is Perry Whittle. I'm the director. First off, I want to apologize about uh, and issue a correction to my commentary last from last month. I named the wrong actress in the part of the receptionist. It was M.J. Cogburn, and all the stuff I said about what a great job she did was correct. Uh, I just got the name wrong. So, thanks, M.J., and sorry that I got your name wrong. Um, let's see. Today, with me in the Director Minds interview room is Pete Mylon. Actually, this is Seth. I'm kidding. It's a joke because of the thing that you just... Anyway. Yes, Yes, I'm ready to make mistakes on everything. This is supposedly episode 22. Uh, Pete, you wrote it, so you are the writer. Uh, And the title of the episode is Father's Hoods. Uh, Yeah, Uh, because I... Couldn't think of anything better than that. It well, it just it just uh, you know occurred to me that you know between uh, the bits with uh, Martin Gray returning and Proc, uh, you know, reminiscing about Proc, and a lot of people were talking about uh, talking about their fathers in this episode, and you know, of course, Shepard is sort of a father, you know, father to his his flock in and of himself. So it's that's right. About fathers and hoods. That's right. And the hoods would be uh, would be um, fix else, and really. Tommy. Yes. Yes. Oh, Major doesn't, doesn't actually show up this time. Around, yeah, it? but they talk about him, so I I still yeah. figure he's in there. Um. Okay, so the music in the previously is by David Alexander McDonald, and it's called "With a Lead Jacket On." Okay, cool. And now we've got a scene in Tommy's new office in the stadium. And so um, in in Tommy's old office, there was always a radio. And so I wanted to, uh, so I left the radio out to try and um, uh, make it clear that this was a different office, a smaller, less opulent office. Showing how, how far he's fallen. Yes, but I think it still has leather chairs. I'm st- I'm still using the the leather chair sound for for that. Yeah, this this scene was initially a little bit uh, a little bit longer. Um, in the writing, I had a uh, you know, sort of a funny little character bit before uh, for Tommy and Major, where Major confessed that she had just come back from a date with somebody who was you know about a head shorter than her, and. Uh, Ed was soundly rejected by the others. That would have been fun. Yeah, but uh, they said, and I agree with them, that it sounded more like a Gordon and Montoya conversation. I see. Um, well, speaking of writing, I want to thank you for having this line in here where Tommy says, Just listen. And as soon as I read that in the script, I knew that was going in the trailer for this episode. Okay. Thanks for sticking that in there. No problem. Good. And uh, I did my best. This is actually, I think, like the shortest script I've written for Pendant in a long time. Uh, I think it came in at 20 pages. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and thank you very much because I'm now struggling with the crowd scene for the next episode, and that's uh, there seems to be no end in sight. So that was a spoiler. There's going to be a crowd scene in the next episode. Um, sorry, folks. Now you know. the lines for for Tommy for number for the last of the season was a chore. I mean, it was. I think just the lines themselves, without being edited, was like 20 minutes long themselves. Yeah. It's going to be long. Yeah, that's a bundle. Oh, boy. Well, let's see. Who's wonderful in this scene? Uh, there's you, Pete Milan, as Tommy Arkell. Thank you. You're wonderful. Um, M. Sierra Garcia is great as Major. And uh, I'm holding down my end of the table as Hooks. Yes, you you are wonderful as well. Yes, I like my knock. Hooks has a very tentative knock on the door. Um, Maddie, Madeline Gray, and Thugs have very aggressive knocks, and um, you know it's it's the far far future. So I figure people really ought to have doorbells, but knocking on the door reveals character more than pushing a doorbell. So. People still knock. Now, do you perform that knock yourself, or do you have a special sound effect knock? No, I'm I'm incredibly lazy. I I pick up a a knock, a sound effect of a knock, and I split it into its component little single knocks, and then I I move them around. Okay. It's a little bit time consuming and silly, but there you go. This is the crossfade episode. Yes, so there's I, a lot of crossfading. I've I crossfaded every scene. I don't know why. just happened that way. But um, So now we're at the church under construction, and I guess we're inside um, because the exterior construction is finished, but they're still at least making part of it on the inside. They're still spursing it out there, you know, putting yeah. out the, uh, the stained glass and the pews or whatever. Yeah, and we heard um, Colin Snow as the construction worker, and Cat Pride as Tithia. She's doing a wonderful job here. She's always great when she plays exasperated and disappointed and just, like, beside herself with fury and anger and whatever. Yes, yes. And she has plenty of opportunity for that here. Yes. You know we don't like being called whores. <laughs> and that's Melissa Johnson as Francesca. You know each other. And Jovian Lab is Adam Shepard, having a lot of fun with this role. And M. J. Cogburn as Isabella. Now, Isabella and Francesca, they were in la the last episode, were they not? I think so, yes, uh-huh. No. Okay, cool. I am sincere in my... I think Francesca was originally just one word on the phone. And might have been the episode before this. Uh, before last, I mean. Uh, okay. Well, Shepard's got, you know, certain taste. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. Yes. That is uncalled for. So, Pete, what was it like writing this episode? 
I think this is my favorite uh, my favorite scene to write. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, just to have Tipia yelling and, and just abusing Shepard at every possible opportunity and, you know, having the reveal of uh, how, uh, how truly crazy Shepard really is underneath it all. He's getting pretty out there. But you know, this is this is sort of a pivotal moment where you you know once once he opens up the uh, the hidden door, you, you kind of know without without spoiling anything, you kind of know what's going to happen pretty soon, don't you? Yeah, I think so. It, it's it's like the old saying: once once a uh, you know if you introduce a gun in on the in the first act of a play, it's got to go off in the third act. Well, That's right. We just, we just introduced a room full of guns. That's right. And uh, so when Shepard goes to the door, you've got in the script um, that you wanted a, a whirling, a whirring sound. So there's some kind of high-tech closet door. And then a little bit later when he turns on the light, I've got this real low-tech light pull chain sound. Uh, and I just thought it was funny to um, contrast the, the high-tech and the low-tech. Well, we, we do have a lot of that going on in this show. We've, you know, we've got bodies switching and aliens, but it's still people being whacked in the back of the head and put into uh, the trunks of cars. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's see, I also want to mention that the music that comes in here along with uh, Do You Want to Know the Truth and the whole everything that's in the closet is a song by David Alexander MacDonald called Runner. Runner. And coming up here, before Tithia gives her response to Shepard's weirdness, there's a note in the script that says, long, long pause. And um, I, I started out with it really long, but I, I just kept shortening it, shortening it. It well, yeah, you don't want it, you want it long enough for the for the listener to notice without being, you know, without being dead air. Yeah. So I don't know if you thought that was long enough or what, but it it was as no, that's, as long as. Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's yeah, it, it's your episode now. I just I just write it, and you have to turn you know take it and transform it into uh, you know something listenable. Yeah. And Cat came and up with it. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Kat came up with a great ad lib. She said, uh, what kind of fictional world do you live in anyway? <laughs> and and when I was, that made me laugh out loud when I first heard it and uh, just thought it was so much fun. That had to go into the trailer, too, so it did. I believe the note was, Tithia slaps him with tooth-loosening force. <laughs> it's good. And I really like Jovian Lab's performance when he's supposed to be at a loss, when he's supposed to not know what to say. I thought that was a really nice performance. I'm just looking at the, I just explained to you what God told me to do. He told me to buy all these guns. Don't, don't you? I, come on. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what's going on in there. But we have another crossface, and now we got Alicia Lane Matheson as Madeline Gray. Now, now let me ask you: mm -hmm. you you have this this sound on uh, on on Maddie here, where it sounds like she's 
like behind a screen or talking through a helmet or something. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's just the new mic. So I can't clean it up as well as I could clean up her old uh, mic. Yeah. But we also have uh, Michael Liebman playing the computer, and I asked Michael for a bunch of ad libs, um, and so he he said a whole bunch of silly things as the computer. Um, but when I was mixing, I decided I couldn't play the scene just for laughs, so so I just used a couple. So he's here a little bit in the background saying things like, um, I, I can't remember what he says, you know, I'm idle. And uh, eventually he goes, he says, I'm going to sleep now. Um, it looks like you're trying to write to your superiors to keep your vendetta open. Do you need any help? That's right. That's right. I think I had him um, asking for a password for security purposes. For security purposes, enter your password now. And, you know, just, like, keep repeating that every 30 seconds or something. That was, that was my vision of the office of the future. Not real nice. Um, another song by David Alexander MacDonald, Stars in My Pocket Like Grains of Sand. Oh, neat. I thought that was a lovely poetic title. It's like a J. Michael Straczynski title. Yeah. And Maddie's office has wooden chairs, so, you know, it's not as nice as Tommy's office. Right. And we got David Alexander McDonald playing Martin Gray. And he's being... Sorry, go ahead. I think he's just... I just was going to say, I think he's doing another great performance here. Yes, very much so. And we're seeing the uh, sort of the other side of Martin Gray. He was very, you know, he was very calm and just a little dotty the first time we saw him, and now we're seeing the uh, more aggravated side of him. Right. I really liked how you wrote this scene between Maddie and Martin, and uh, Alicia's and and David's performances just just take it forward wonderfully. Yeah, I like I like that she underplays it. You know, this isn't this is not the first time she's had to do this, Maddie. So right, right, and she sort of saves her her anger until she's off the phone. Right, and then she has to do a little recovery before she talks to Hook some more. Yeah, and the first time around on the script, I basically. Um, I told I told the entire story of what happened to Martin again, even though it had just been in like the previous episode script. So that mm -hmm. had to be shortened a bit. The King Ray folks, it's a well-oiled machine. That's right. That was your father. That was him. That's who Tom York did. So did anything in this uh, episode come out exactly as you imagined it when you wrote it? Yeah, very, yeah well, most of it is just, you know pretty much what I what I thought. Uh, the moment that I I really wanted to get to get you know the, the, that sounded the most like I wanted it to uh, is coming in the next scene. Okay. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up sending them both to prison. tell me about this girl. And here comes another crossfade. And we get uh, Lexi Roll in this episode for a minute. Yeah. 
There she was. Great performance here as uh, Cat Pr uh, by Cat Pride as Tithia leaving a message mm -hmm. on the answering machine. Is this the part that you were thinking of? Uh? Uh, it's actually the bit at the end where uh, Roberts, uh, who you know, who is you know, it's it's Devi in Roberts's body has been listening to this entire conversation. So it's Devi listening to the call that right. you know was meant for her in the first place, and her trying to react to it without without tipping off to get to what's going on. Yeah. I thought it was a really uh, well done moment by these actors. I don't know if you're there or you've been there or whatever, but... Uh, yep. Can't change what's happening. Maybe I can do one small thing and make people remember him as the good man he was. What's up, right? Yeah, I like the real um, obviously guarded performance that uh, that Cat does there as Tithia, not knowing quite who this person is or what's going on. I think the and note script, yeah, under under Tithia, I think I had whatever psycho is the note. Yes. And Andrew Eckhart has just been doing uh, so much wonderful acting, uh, you know, in as Robert's body. And he's been holding Betty's mind, and now he's holding Debbie's mind, and it's just been uh, such a challenge for him, I think, throughout the throughout the episodes. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And if you if you listen to the previous episode, you can see that that Debbie or Debbie Burtz, whatever we want to call him, her, is quoting the uh, the Shepherd ads. Yes, right. Coming up with all the stuff that was mentioned in the in the loudspeaker voice, and we've got uh, Jane Parrish here as Regina, mm -hmm. and we just happened to be right near the church, so we just walked in. And we've got another song by David Alexander McDonald here. It's called "The Redeemer Retweaked." Can you help me with that? I'll sure, I'll sure try. I'll do anything. Yeah, and so that's where. Um, the script says Regina is slightly smitten. So now, Regina—that's just like you know, catnip to Regina. It's like you know, this guy that she's already interested in is you know coming coming to her for redemption. It's like you know, sort of like her perfect fantasy in a way. Yep, and she's already jumped him once when Betty was in his body. Now she's getting ready to do it again with Debbie in his body. Man, is there any backstory about how many times Regina has jumped Roberts in the past? Uh, that might be something we have to work on for uh, for year three. Season three. All right. So I hear the theme music, and that means it's time to go. Uh, I wanted to say kudos to everybody who contributed this episode, and it all started with you, Pete. So thank you very much for a great script. No problem. Thank you. Thanks to all the other writers and stuff who 
enforcement write this thing. And uh, thank you to the actors who uh, who read out my lines and made them sound good. And thanks to you for directing it and uh, making it all very good listen time thing go. It's very late at night. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and homework for next month? Diagram Pete's last sentence. All right. Good luck with that. Bye-bye now. Directed by Perry Whittle. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2009 Pendant Productions. The Kingery, created by Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, Macaulay Eaton, John Harden, and Teresa J. McGarry. Copyright 2009 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>